Hello and welcome to another edition of The Stew with JT Brew. I'm your host, Justin Taylor, alongside my co-host, Brian Toast-Clark. NHL Around the Ice coming right to you with JT and Toast. Stick with us. Uh, you up on trades and wire moves. You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a square up to start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. A bit your roster and pick and choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sifting through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce this is episode number eight of the NHL Around the Ice with JT and Toast. Week five NHL season on us. What we're doing here in season, if you haven't joined us yet, we do a little segment called JT and Toast Five on Three Two Man Advantage, where we go over five different topics. We talk about three different uh, parts of each of those topics ask talk about a hockey perspective a fantasy perspective and then a gambling perspective but to kind of get things going here toast we've got something that's been bothering us big time the last uh, <laughs> since this since the season started what is going on with NHL shot props right now is a crazy thing. If you look across uh, X, uh, t- the Twitter, man, it just seems like some of these shot props is just insane. How are some of them not hitting and, and shots getting taken away mid game uh, shots getting taken away after the game or shots not being added. That should be, it's got the gambling community up in arms right now. Uh, give me your thoughts on kind of what we're looking at so far the first couple of weeks of the season here. So, JT, uh, this has been a common occurrence uh, for years in the NHL where they would maybe adjust shots uh, mid-game saying, hey, uh, a scorekeeper said, all right, that actually went off the pad of the goalie um, or it uh, you know, went off the mask of the goalie, whatever it may be. As long as it actually touches the goalie uh, in some degree, it's a shot on goal. It can't actually touch the pipes or the uh, crossbar or whatever. That's not a shot. Um, so it's common for you know shots to be adjusted throughout games, but not at this rate. And uh, so over several years, but actually been doing this and playing shot props, it's common for, let's say, after the game or near the end of the game, something actually happened maybe two or three minutes ago, um, they would take a shot away. And you look at a replay, and you're like, yeah, you know what, it probably wasn't a shot on goal. Um, but now there may be a shot in the first two minutes, and you're sitting here watching a game. You're like, man, I'm actually pretty good on shots here. I reached the three. Uh, what I need to actually win the, win the bet. Then you get to the third period, halfway through the third. So, again, 40 minutes of the games went by, two hours of actually watching a game, and they take a shot away. And then uh, five minutes later, we'll actually go, and then he'll – let's say the uh, the player went from three down to two. Then he'll take another shot away, be down at one. And by, by you know it, you're, you're at one shot. I've never seen anything like this before. I'm not sure what's going on. I'd like to get your opinion on what's going on as far as is there some type of, you know, uh, I guess attempt by the league to really look at this and look at it closely compared to other years. And if so, what's the incentive? Yeah, that's the shot props as far as betting has concerned in hockey has been one of the most popular things, uh, especially once a lot of the prop bets got added this uh, this last year for hockey. So there's a lot of sites that did not do shot props last year. And then a lot of them have picked them up this year because that's where a lot of people have bet on hockey. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. And you hate to you know be that skeptic who's like, oh, it's a gambling issue. So now they're really paying attention. I'm just not sure how they're counting these. It, or is it? you know what are these final counts for them is it the guy you know the official stat keeper at the game for the team do they have someone who's overviewing that guy who says okay during the game they're watching and going back and watching replays and and you know kind of saying hey whatever that stat keeper put down i'm basically you know i'm taking him out i'm saying nope i looked at that that's not a shot or this is a shot um I mean, we've had a couple of buddies have the issue where they lost bets on rebounds in NBA, where a guy clearly, clearly got the rebound when it said he had nine and then it got him 10. And they, they said, oh, well, the official guy only had nine and they had to like fight it out to get the win. And it's just, uh, 
it's inter- I'm I'm interested. What and this is some research I need to do. How is the league handling this? Is this a league issue? Because anyone who plays fantasy football knows that you can get you can get real screwed on that stat correction come Tuesday morning uh, when the stats come out because they always go back and they look back and they say, hey, this guy have exactly the yards uh, tackles if you play IDP. Sometimes they'll slightly adjust those tackles, either a solo tackle or a ha- uh, assisted tackle. Those can be adjusted because a lot of times they're doing those on the fly. And a lot of times they go back and they say, okay, hey, we're going to like, we're going to check those and make sure those were right. Uh, so I, I, that is something that it gets done. I'm just not 100% sure how the NHL is doing it. And it seems strange to me that you were seeing it like later in a game. It's not like, oh, we looked at it. Oh, we went back and looked at a replay, you know, five minutes later and made the change it's like like you said we're seeing stuff periods later all of a sudden being changed and, and i don't know if that's coming down from the league office if someone maybe at the league office is in charge of these things and because they're in charge of a lot of games at once it doesn't all happen at once but that'd be something interesting to kind of figure out you know what is going on there in years past uh it's been if there was any question that somebody or player had a shot on goal they had a shot on goal and very rarely was that taken away unless it was something very egregious. Um, I don't know if they actually have a chip you know, that's working right now where basically it just they had the technology to just know and actually they're getting more right. But somebody's paying more attention this year. And I know that. Um, and it's very, really frustrating. I'll tell you, um, I was just uh, griping to my brother last night. Um, I, I Shot bets are enticing because they're the highest stat in hockey, meaning they're the stat that people get the most of. So you feel like as a as a, a a gambler that your odds are better because there's the the odds of them getting more of those is much greater, you know. So it's almost like you get a taste of a, a shot prop betting, then you just want more of it. But I will say when you when you watch an NHL game and you actually have uh, uh, prop bets going for shots on goal, it makes the NHL game much less enjoyable to watch because you're not watching a the game then. You're actually just watching that player. You're just watching the shot. Uh, you're just actually just watching the clock to see, all right, when's it two minutes where they're actually going to come back in? Then you figure out, I haven't even watched the game. But you know uh, what I can correlate this to, JT? And this may get a little bit of a chuckle out of the letter- listeners or whatnot. This shot prop deal and it being adjusted so later on after the fact, it reminds me of me actually watching election night. You know, where, hey, you got so-and-so uh, 92% of the votes in, and they got a huge lead. But guess what? It's going on three or four days. And then what happens when three or th- four days actually goes on for anybody? Collusion. That's automatically what people's yeah. minds go to. You're thinking something's going on. Something's not right. Something got messed up. I feel no different with the shots going on this year. I'm very frustrated. I'd rather actually play assists or actually play, uh, you know, power play points or even straight up points. The shot props have got me super frustrated. I'm probably going to give it a rest for a while. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things you don't want to have that conspiracy theory that it's like, Hey, you know, the, the books are getting all these prop bets on shots. And so they're really anti looking at, they want it to make sure it's real close. You, you hate to say that, but man, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money flowing around, a lot of people gambling, a lot of stuff. And, and again, I've I've learned as I've gotten older, I don't put anything or past anyone of any kind of collusion or any kind of shady uh, foul play. I would believe it because it just seen too much of it in my life and, and just all kinds of aspects. So to see the something that has this much uh, money and this much, uh, you know, eyes on it like i could see see something like that happen i hope it's not the case i really do because i love betting the shop prop bets but like you said we have just missed so many this year by like one and it's like guys that usually easily clear i mean we're losing like minus 190 minus 200 shot props in like parlays and you're just like oh it's it's just yeah the shots have been a little crazy this year as we talked about earlier in the year I mean, when Ovechkin had those back-to-back games and we and you were talking about on a podcast, we're like, when's the last time he had not had a shot in back-to-back games? And then I saw a stat, you know, the next day, and it was, like, insane. It it happened, like, once Mm -hmm. in his career, like, before that, once or twice in his career ever. I mean, so, yeah, they have been crazy. So we keep trying to pull them out and give them to you on the toast takes on the X when we have them. But like Toast said, 
we might be looking for some more assists and points uh, props uh, coming up uh, with some of these shots until we figure out kind of what's going on here. But it, it has been definitely frustrating as we've missed quite a few where we've gone four for five, five for six on like a, a shot parlay. Uh, so it has been it has been rough. So, yeah, if anybody on. learns anything, JT, from this segment, it's uh, uh, counting shots equals counting votes. No different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> It's about the same. So yeah. moving on to our uh, our segment number two here on the five on three two man advantage, we are going to talk about the historically bad San Jose Sharks. This was a team we did not think was going to be very good coming in the year, but let me run down some numbers for you of how bad this team has been this season. One ten and one record, minus forty two goal differential, total of fourteen goals in twelve games. It has been brutal in San Jose Toast. So everybody knew that they were built to lose, uh, and they were built to lose last year. I mean, there was no doubt about that. I mean, they got the number four pick in the draft last year. We'll talk about some of their young talent here in a second because they're definitely in a rebuild. But in the last two games, or the last three games, leading up to last night's game in Philadelphia, which was their first one of the year, you know, they, they won two to one. That was a bet that everybody put on the puck line, the minus one and a half, and put heavy on. And then they happened to go ahead and win their first game of the season. <laughs> so uh, that's hockey. That's betting. Uh, nevertheless, uh, they had to win at some point. Uh, I believe the 1993 Sharks actually have the record for the worst record, season record in NHL history. And I think they may have won 11 games total. Um, obviously, they're on pace to blow that out of the water. Um, but so they were built to lose JT, but nobody saw this happening. Uh, you know, you're, 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 um, getting beat at home and back-to-back games, 10 to one and 10 to two. Yeah, I've they're never not seen even competing. That. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. not even competing. Yeah. So, so to put that in perspective for people that may not be big hockey fans, but actually just getting the fancy hockey for the first time. And maybe they're, they get that football background. That's like your team in the NFL getting beat. 65 to 10 and back-to-back games at home. You're literally giving up over yeah. 60 points in back-to-back games and you're actually maybe just scoring a touchdown. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's equivalent. There is, there's no exaggeration on that. Um, so it's, it's not looking good, but let's talk about a little bit about their, their, their big problems. Maybe for those who are actually playing dynasty, some cap leagues as well. Uh, the Sharks, they got a lot of bad contracts. Uh, and really, when they have bad contracts, they have some aging players as well that with those contracts, that big money. With term and also dollars as well, Logan Couture, who I love. He's been hurt all year. He's 34 years old. He's not part of their future right now. They're looking at that four- to five-year plan right now, and this is year two of that. And it's going to take them a long time to dig out of this hole. Uh, four years, $8 million AAV. Obviously, they're going to be paying him until he's 38 years old. Now, I don't think he'll actually be in that uniform. Um, he'll be bought out and uh, at some point, and they'll actually just eat some of that, or it'll be some type of trade, whoever may, whatever may happen, but that's going to be very difficult. The worst contract they have on the book is Mark, um, Mark Blasek, uh, the defenseman. 36 years old, still has three, three years more on a $7 million deal a, a season. That may be the worst deal in hockey. That's egregious. Uh, it's just uh, egregious. It, I don't want you to go back and, and look at his stats. It makes no difference. He's a stay-at-home defenseman. He does actually doesn't get paid to uh, to uh, put the puck in the back of the net. But nevertheless, uh, if you go back and look at, on any top 10 worst NHL contracts, he is in a top 10 on every single list. He's got to be. I haven't even looked at him. doesn't matter. He's got to be. Um, but JT, they got some young talent. Uh, Will Smith last year was the number four draft pick in a 2023 entry draft. He's off to Boston College this year. Um, but uh, during last season when he played for the U.S. National Development Team, and that guy scored 51 goals, 76 assists, 127 points. I'm just looking at it right here in front of me in 60 games. So they got some guys coming up. Uh, they got some draft picks as well. They, got, uh, they have first two, uh, first two first rounders next year, total of nine picks next year's draft. This is a rebuild. This is what they're actually doing. So uh, uh, from a hockey perspective, it's just going to be a long go of it. But, man, no one, even them, planned it would be this bad. Yeah, this, if you can get some of those young guys and you can hold on to them, you know, until they get time to, to develop and actually get on the team when the team's decent, you can be all right. But, man, 
you do not want to have a bunch of San Jose Sharks players on your team right now because it is not good. Let's jump into, you know, we talked about, you know, how bad they are real life. Let's talk about fantasy perspective. We just said you don't want any of these guys on your team. They are just doing nothing. The big game, the big name we all know, Tomas Hurdle, one goal, six assists in 12 games. That's their best player. And those are terrible stats for him. Next best player on the team, four points in 11 games. Four points in 11 games. And even Hurdle, like you think, hey, they're bad. Hurdle would just be getting shots. He'd be doing everything he can offensively. He's only got 21 shots in 11 games. Less than two a game. I mean, he's your best player by far. He's got to be lighting it up. I mean, this thing is getting ugly. The goalie play is terrible. Oh, like I said, I don't want any of these guys on my team if I can help it. Yeah, it, it was a fire sale the last couple of years, and especially last year uh, um, in the offseason, moving away from Eric Carlson. Uh, you know, he coming off a Norris trophy. And really the only reason he scored 104 points with a team this bad is the fact that they just let him do whatever he wanted to do uh, on the ice. It wasn't even about winning. It was specifically about just get as many points as you want. Do whatever you want. Even if it's not for the best of the team, it makes no difference because we're not going anywhere. Um, and and then they, they move on from Timo Meyer. Uh, they move him over to San Jose. Uh, and so, again, you know they're building for the future. But – you really, they have guys like Ekblad who is up on their first line and you're not going to be bringing up a guy like Will Smith anytime soon. You're not going to be bringing up a guy like Ozzy Weisblatt anytime soon. And the reason being, you would never bring these guys up to the NHL, even if they were NHL ready, because they have nobody to play with. I mean, so you're going to stunt their, uh, their development, their growth there. So they're going to be sticking in the OHL and the AHL and even at college, as long as they possibly can through this rebuild. So if you think this is bad, and now this is historically bad. This team's going to be bad for a while. Uh, and like you said, man, that the goalies are just awful. Um, I didn't really look into their Delta Fenwick numbers and their really deep statistics on exactly, you know, what their expected saves uh, uh, are as well. But nevertheless, I mean, they have nobody in front of them either. Uh, they're getting shellacked. Anybody that gives up 20 goals in two consecutive games, I don't care who you are. That's almost impossible to do. Yeah, uh, Timo, uh, we want to say he's on the New Jersey Devils. He got traded the Devils uh, to San Jose. But, yes, he's on the Devils oh, now. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's bad. Now, we thought it was bad on that front. Now, usually when teams historically bad, you can take advantage of the gambling perspective. And as we said, everybody and their brother was on the Flyers last night. And, of course, San Jose wins and takes all our money. What are we looking at gambling-wise? Any any bright spots of stuff we can take advantage of in this losing streak? JT, you remember last year what we did with uh, shot props um, when we just kind of followed around Anaheim Ducks all year? Whomever the Ducks were playing, <laughs> we took those players from the other team to actually uh, get over two, three shots and actually on the puck line. That's no different this year. Uh, they're giving up 38 shots a game. Think about that. They're almost giving up 40 shots a game. Uh, and so that's the play. If you're looking at this from a gambling perspective is target those teams that shoot even average amount of volume or even, let's say, a lot of volume. And anytime they're playing Anaheim, doesn't matter where Anaheim's on the road or at home, play the shot props. And here I am saying play shot props, right? I just told everybody how frustrated <laughs> I am. Yeah. It's just like, you know what? It's, <laughs> it's like an addict. Just can't get enough. I mean, because it looks so easy on paper. It's so easy on paper, but this is a bet that if you were to place it every single day for the rest of the season on the puck line, let's say as well, the, the minus one and a half, you're going to win 75 to 80% of that time. So it's almost as if you're just getting up and taking a trash out every morning. That's what you need to do when you're playing against Anaheim. Um, so a little bit of stat here uh, before last night, and there are 11 games they had played before last night. 10 of those had actually, they got beat by at least two goals. Uh, you know, so there you go, your puck line. So you're getting plus money on every single game so far this year. Uh, so that's going to continue just because they actually won a game last night versus Philadelphia. So that, that minus 42 differential, that's glaring. I mean, so really, you got to continue to play that puck line. Uh, we got a, a comment from our buddy John McGlynn. Says, what's up, Pete? Hey, thanks for uh, checking us out, John. Good to, good to see you checking out the show. You know, usually, you know, like if you look at, you know, 
NFL football, if you have a team that's bad, that's given up a ton of points, you can kind of, you know, jump on those garbage stats or, you know, like those garbage late points where your QB does nothing all game. And then when everybody goes into prevent, you get some garbage yards, maybe a last second touchdown. There's none of that for the Sharks. I mean, they're not even getting any shots off. So you think, oh, maybe, I mean, maybe you know, hurdle shots on goal because, you know, or or a score from him because, hey, they're up by a ton and they give up something late. They're, they're what are they, second to last in the league in shots on goal on top of that? So it's not even like you can figure out any kind of garbage stats to get out of them. It's, it's brutal, man. Yeah, it's no different uh, than, uh, let's say, oh, I'm a Bears fan, so – I watch the Bears either A, have bad quarterback play or B, have game managers at quarterback in the past where you win games with defense, you win games with ball control, and that means running the football a lot. So knowing that if I were a gambler back then gambling on, you know, on the Bears games, obviously you're playing unders, but, but specifically if you want to go ahead and compare this to shot prop plays, I would just pick the other team's middle linebacker for tackles because they're not going to pass the ball hardly. They've been lucky to pass the ball 20 times in a game with guys like Kyle Orton or Shane Matthews, even though Matthews actually had a pretty good, a pretty good couple of years. So you're, you're, you're just automatically just looking at those matchups and hockey's no different at all. Uh, you actually want to go ahead and it's a little bit easier, even actually with San Jose, just play other guys that actually shoot the puck versus San Jose. Because here's one thing too, that's different than basketball, uh, NHL versus basketball. They're not going to sit these players at the end of the game. They still have to get their shifts. They still have to go through the motions on the ice. You know, everybody, you can't just leave players out there for five, six minutes at a time. Everybody's still got to play the game. So uh, it's a little bit easier in that route. So let's hope that the shop prop stuff gets back on track for us. It's not as frustrating because there's a lot of money to be made here. Now let's switch gears to a team that we were dumping on last year that we were like betting against them every freaking night if we could. The Anaheim Ducks. Young and on the rise. This was a team, you know, we just, every time we could bet against them, we bet against them last year. They were awful. But this team, after all the stuff in the offseason, they feel like they finally are starting to, to, to turn it around a little bit here. Seven and five, winners of six of the last seven. Kind of middle of the pack on most of the offensive stats. Uh, but their team, they've got solid defense. Goaltending has been pretty good. Lucas Dostal, you know, he's been solid subbing in for John Gibson. So it, it, lately, I mean, this team is, has looked pretty good toast. What is uh, the deal with the ducks kind of turning things around here so far? It's kind of surprising. I really thought that they were in a spot, like let's say the Hawks are going to be next year, which um, you know, the Hawks may be better next year, but I still don't expect them to come out of the gate seven and five and win six out of seven, but it's possible but they got young talent, like like you mentioned, uh, Dostal and Goal, 23-year-old guy. Uh, you know, he's got a 5-1 record so far, a 920 save percentage. They've had solid defense. And then they got young guys that actually put the puck in the net. Um, you, know, you know, you got Zegers, who's really kind of got off to a slower start. But Troy Terry, man, Terry's actually uh, caught fire. He's been really, really good over the past three or four games. And they're doing something pretty interesting with Leo Carlson, JT. Uh, you know, Carlson was a, a top five pick in a draft last year. I think he actually went third, if I remember right. Uh, you know, third to um, Anaheim. And they're choosing not to play him at the OHL or the AHL. He went to go to the AHL, probably be the OHL. But rather, they're keeping him up with the big club, getting a lot of that experience to travel getting acclimated with the team and how it is to actually be a pro, but they're not playing him every night. They're insulating him right now. Um, and so it's almost as if he's on a pitch count, right? So, or a game count, but then he, he played two games in a row just recently or whatnot. So I don't think that's going to go on forever, but nevertheless, they're just kind of easing him in. Uh, I really haven't seen that in NHL before. I'm sure it's happened, but I haven't seen it. Um, then you got veterans like Strom and Henrique. They actually get around them and Cam Fowler as well. So I like this team. It's got a good mix of young talent that are their best players, as well as some guys that are proven uh, veterans who actually um, I say know how to win to some degree. So uh, I, I, again, I like the mix from a hockey perspective. Yeah, as we're talking about fantasy-wise, this is a team you really couldn't play many guys uh, fantasy and, and look for much the last couple of years. But we, we've got some guys uh, kind of playing some really nice hockey and actually doing some things uh, for you fantasy-wise. Let's talk about uh, 
Frank Vetrano, Mason uh, McCavish, like you just brought up Troy Terry. I mean, these guys, some actually guys out there that are, are, are doing some work. I don't think Frank Vetrano's for real, JT. Uh, I know yeah. what's going on with him. <laughs> uh, he's second overall in our home league points. Uh, all right. The guy's 29 years Easy. old. I was looking through stats today because I needed to, because I just can't rattle off stats off the top of my head for Frank Vetrano. Frank, because who cares? He's Frank Vetrano. Makes no difference. He never scored more than 41 points in a season. Now he's shooting at 23%. That's going to regress. But man, 40 shots on goals in 12 games. I, I, okay, so I don't really see that actually happening. Nobody actually saw that happening. You should. I don't even know if you sell high on a guy like this because here's the deal. I don't think anybody's going to give you equal to the production he's been given out. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can sell high on him. Well, you might as well ride him to the wheels come off. And that, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. He doesn't have the name recognition where you can sell high on him. People are like, who? Frank Vetrano, what? And so I think the I think like you said, I you know, if you could sell him high, I go for it. But again, I think that might be difficult just because he doesn't have the name recognition. He hasn't, you know, really done this in the past. It might be one of those where you say, Hey, I'm just gonna ride this guy to the very end, you know, and get what you can get out of him. Cause I guarantee you didn't spend much to get him, whether you picked him up off the waiver wire or drafted him late in your draft, or you got him in a cap league, uh, you know, for fairly cheap. Yeah, this you might you might just be better just take what you can get and be happy you got what you did from him. It's uh, no different than uh, two years ago for the Nashville Predators. I was just thinking about this now. Uh, Tanner Janot. Uh, Tanner Janot, I think, ended up having somewhere around 20 goals. Uh, he shot the puck a ton. And he had over 300 hit in a bangers league. Man, he's like top 15 in the league. That's what it reminds me of, you know, and – is it going to be sustainable? No, I'd almost bet everything I actually own right now, which really, if you look at my gambling account, which isn't very much to anything at all, uh, but that he's not going to keep this pace up. Um, but I am encouraged if you are a Frank Petrano owner, 40 shots on goal through 12 games looks really, really good. Um, that's a, that's over, that's three and a half shots a game. I'm actually pretty good at quick math. Uh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all, but they have, they have younger guys. Like I was saying, like McTavish, Young center, uh, he's got over 33 shots on goal in 12 games, 14 points in those games in 12 games. That's great for a second-year player and his full-time uh, season here in the league. And Dynasty, that guy's a corner piece for you. Um, but Troy Terry, five goals, five assists, had a hat trick. So those stats may be a little inflated, right? So, uh, But the best thing about Terry, he's getting 19 minutes time on ice so far. And I'll say it every single time we have a podcast, you target guys who shoot, you target guys who are on the ice. Terry's actually doing both right now. Again, those goals may be a little inflated because of the hat trick, but nevertheless, the 19 minutes of time on ice. And right now, the Ducks are playing inspired and meaningful hockey for the first time, I'd say, in three or four years. So they're all in. They're all feeling good. They're riding a high right now. And I'd say go ahead and ride, ride the high with these players as well. Um, there's one other guy I want to mention JT before we kind of go on to a little bit of gambling here. And that's, uh, Pavel, uh, that's Pavel, uh, Mint, Mint, Mint Yukov. Mint, Mint I know Yukov. I'm going to butcher it, so I'm just going to let yeah. you say it. Pavel Mint Yukov. <laughs> so, but he was a 10th overall pick in a 22, 22 entry draft and 19 year old rookie. I'm shocked. He's actually up, uh, playing these type of minutes considering again, uh, that they're still coming out there. They're, they're coming out of that rebuild. You know, this is kind of, again, the first year, maybe something that could be special, but they're not really going to be meant to win until next year and the year after. But they're doing some really, really good things. So for him to actually come up and they actually burn the first year of an entry-level contract at $950,000 because they get three years of those entry-level contract years before they have to sign a guy, you know, that's kind of odd. Uh, he's got one goal of seven assists in 12 games. And but here he's getting three minutes power play time on ice. He is on power play one. I'm shocked by the uh, by the uh, um, deployment he's getting. Some of that may have to do with the injury to Jamie Drysdale. He's going to be out for a while. He's their young stud defenseman. So, but man, when Drysdale comes back, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, gambling perspective, this is a team we haven't jumped on a lot this year uh, just because we weren't sure what to expect early season from them, what these guys were going to do. 
you know, we talked about shots. This is one of the teams that are still giving up a pretty good amount of shots, even though the goaltending has been really good so far. Giving up 33 shots a game. Any leans for you on this team one way or the other? Like I said, if you see a good matchup, you know, McTavish, you know, Terry, maybe decent uh, a point and take over half a point, uh, but also taking teams' shots against on this team, correct? Yeah, you're betting against the Ducks more you're betting with them. Um, mm-hmm. and so I would continue to urge betters to do that. You still want to bet against the shots they are giving up nearly 33 a game, which isn't a ton, a ton, but that's still top 10 in the league actually giving up shots. So you can still win there. Um, but as these young players are having these hot streaks, I would actually look at pointing, uh, at betting up for them to score a point. They're, they're forwards guys like, uh, Zegris guys like Terry, and even guys like Mitz Yukov, there you go. I actually said it right. Um, bet them for a point because I'm not sure the betting books have actually got on the fact that uh, they're playing a lot better hockey now than we're accustomed to them actually playing. They don't have really those big sexy names, kind of like a team we're going to talk about here in a bit. Um, so I would think you're going to get plus money on a point score, just a point scored on some of these guys. And that's a really, really good value. Yeah, going on to our number four topic in our five-on-three, two-man advantage. Now, this is a team totally different than the first two teams we talked about, the Ottawa Senators. I mean, this was a team that we expected to be great. They've got a ton of young talent. Been a lot of drama up there in Ottawa so far. They are not quite off to the start that we thought they'd be. Four and six so far in their first 10 underperformed expectations. Um they're scoring about four goals a game, so they're still putting them up. But, man, the Atlantic division is just brutal. And they've had, I think, the toughest schedule in the league so far. So that's kind of a, you know, you got to take that good with the bad. It's like, hey, they're only four and six. Tough start, excuse me, but a really tough schedule. So this is a team I know me and you like a lot of the players on this team. Do you think this team's going to be in the mix, right? We don't want to overreact to this four and six start, do we? We shouldn't. Everybody else is. Uh, I love Ottawa. Uh, I'm a Hawks fan first, and I'm an Ottawa Center fan second. I watch so many Ottawa Senator games, it's ridiculous. And mainly it's because I have, you know, Tim Stutzley and I have Brady Kachuk on a lot of my teams. And I've been watching them from the very beginning, and I just love their style of play, and we'll talk about them here soon. But you talked about drama, JT, and there is a lot of drama going around Ottawa right now. And maybe it's just because it's a Canadian market. Right, uh, that you're going to have a lot of that. It's not as bad as Toronto, but nevertheless, it's actually nothing like the, you know, playing in America. So um, they do have new ownership this year. So let's talk about a little bit of that drama or change. They've had some new ownership. Uh, they had a new owner by the team in the off season. Uh, Josh Norris, their their starting center, young 21 year old starting center. Another again, stud. They're loaded with young talent. You got a 41 game gambling suspension. I'm not sure if he was gambling for his team against his team or any other sport. Not really sure, but nevertheless, they should know this by now. Um, it, was it uh, Calvin Ridley, right? Ridley, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in NFL, you know, he got he got nailed for it, a half-season suspension. This is a half-season suspension as well. Well, he got a full year officially oh, the well, first okay. year, and then a bunch of guys this last year got caught, and then they switched it to teams. The guys weren't gambling on their own team. A lot of guys got moved down to – you know, four to six games if they were in the building uh, while they were gambling. It was a really, really wishy-washy thing in the NFL on what was legal, what wasn't. Um, not a lot around this so far. We, they haven't told us, but they, they gave him a half a year. So it's 41 games is quite a long suspension. Yeah, and and so you talk about all the young talent they have. So there has to be a lot of good GMing going on there to get a lot of that young talent. And Pierre Dorian had done a great job you know, getting guys in like and drafting like Kachuk and Stutzle and Josh Norris and uh, even Drake Batherson, Tomas Shabbat. Uh, and, you know, the list goes on and on. Jake Sanderson's another one. I mean, they are absolutely loaded with young talent and uh, Ridley Gregg as well. So Dorian makes a mistake and he fails to disclose a player's team no trade clause list or no no trade list. They lose a 2024 first-round draft pick. It was just announced last week. They fire him immediately. Um, and again, I don't follow them enough, and especially you know in the front office to kind of know 
what was going on, but just from an outsider looking in, you've done great things with a team that's been rebuilding in the last couple of years. You've done amazing things in a draft. You actually make one mistake. Now, it's a costly mistake, a 2024 first-round pick. That's huge. But just to get the ax, just like that, Man, I, was I, I don't know. You got new ownership coming shiny. in, right? Maybe it's because it's new ownership. Maybe they want yeah. it, you know, as an excuse to bring in their own guy. But like I said, it's not like he hasn't been a guy that's been pretty successful in Brian's house. So, it, yeah, that was uh, that was one you figured he was going to see some punishment for. And, you know, maybe they'd find him or do some things. But, man, when he just immediately got the axe, I was like, whoa. I was like, they're not messing around here. Yeah, I, I'm going to try to connect the dots easy. Uh, it, to me, if I had to guess, and, again, this is just a guess, uh, new ownership, uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> uh, that wasn't their GM. Uh, GM. And maybe, uh, I don't know, if I'm, if I'm the president right now, I may be feeling <laughs> a little uneasy as well. Uh, but uh, then it goes on and on with the drama in, in Ottawa. You know, Brady Kachuk and Claude Drew, they openly criticized fans over the last game they lost about their booing, and they were defending their coach in the press. Um, you don't really do that unless the sky is falling, and quite frankly, they're, they're a 500 team right around a 500. The sky is not falling. <laughs> so I don't really understand kind of what's going on here, and I'm sure that Drew and Kachuk are kind of like, hey, why are you booing? Why are you doing this or that? But – with the young talent they have and kind of where they've been, they've been a doormat for a while in the league. I think the fans are just at this point, they're impatient. They're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And they look at the roster like, man, we're absolutely loaded on the top six. We got really good young defensemen on the, on the blue line as well. We should be winning, you know, but you mentioned it, JT, that Atlantic division is brutal. It's tough. It's the best division in hockey. Maybe in hockey, uh, you got to look at the central um, as maybe being there as well, but nevertheless, they're real, really good. And they've been, they've been uh, injury struck to Norris. You know, now he's suspended Ridley, Greg Zub, and more, most importantly, Tomas Shabbat's actually been out a while as well. So the injury has been mounting up, but man, if I'm four or six with that roster and I'm an Ottawa Senators fan, I'm happy. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm happy, but I'm not, sh- I'm not worried. The sky's not falling. So they just need to chill out. Everybody just needs to be cool. Yeah. 10, 10 games in we're not 10 games into an nfl season you know yeah. we're 10 games into an nhl season we got a lot of time left a lot, a lot of room to go now the one thing you can definitely jump on board with this ottawa team whether they're winning or losing is fantasy production these they've got studs like you said this is a team that if you can get these guys on your team and a redraft you want them if you can get them in a dynasty you're gonna have to give up a lot to get them uh because they're just great players but man Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzley. I mean, those are kind of the guys that lead the charge. Two guys I know close to your heart. You love both those guys. Me and you got Stutzley in a couple uh, uh, different leagues. Young stud guys that just put up stats. Yeah, I won't go into detail about Kachuk and Stutzley's stats this year. Uh, all I'll say is Kachuk is a bangers uh, fantasy bangers league dream. Uh, and I have him. I mean, he's going to get over 300 shots and 300 hits again. The peripherals we talk about. Uh, he's got eight goals already, so he's on pace for over 50. He's going to score 50. No, he's not going to score 50 goals. Uh, but could he end up being 40 and 40 with all of that? And he's got 34 penalty minutes already, too, and I love that. I love that. My guy's got 34 penalty minutes, too, through 10 games. I mean, he's just – that means he's beating the crap out of everybody. He's putting a puck in the back of the net, and he's talking trash. What's there not to like about the guy? He's he's my favorite player. Um, Ottawa's got like six or seven guys near a point per game so far. So you, like you said, man, they're losing right now. Um, but here's kind of why they're losing. And uh, I've, I've done a little digging anyway. And it seems like the local press and those hockey minds that know a lot more about hockey than I do, they said that top four group is, well, as good as they are offensively, they haven't really been, you know, coming through on the defensive side. They haven't really had the effort that they actually wanted to see there as well. Uh, been a lot of lazy play being criticized for from those top forwards. So it's not saying the defense has actually been that bad. Now, the goaltending with Corpusalo, it hasn't been that good, right? It hasn't been that good at all. And that's always been their issue in the past. They thought Corpusalo coming in there would maybe kind of fix that or whatnot. But um, so another guy uh, in a points league only, Jake Sanderson. Uh, the young defenseman. I think he's 20 years old. Uh, he's going to be a top 10 defenseman in this league, and he'll be a mainstay there for many years to come. Signed a long-term deal, if I remember right, eight years. Everybody's signing eight-year deals now. Um, but mm-hmm. he is your dynasty stud. Um, he's not a banger. He's not going to get you many peripherals. But from a fantasy perspective, you can actually go out and maybe get Sanderson. Probably not, but a guy you can actually get 
is Matthew Joseph. Uh, he's been a surprise. That's not a household name, right? Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, he's getting 16 minutes time on ice a game. He's got eight points in 10 games. And he's most importantly, he's playing with Stutzley and Drew on that second line. So go, go pick him up. He's out there. I guarantee he's out there. He's probably five or 10% owned. And if you need to stream somebody or if heck, if you're even like, Hey, I'm struggling. I need a little bit of depth. Pick up Matthew Joseph. He's the guy that me and you have talked about a few times. I've just jumped in and thrown in a bet with him in it. Like an over half a point because he's getting such great odds. They're just, you know, he doesn't have a household name. You know, he's playing with really good players. If you can get him like over a half a point, man, we've got some really nice plus odds with him to throw in like a same game parlay or throw in a two or three pick parlay. He really just kicks those odds to the roof. Uh, so he's been a guy that, depending on the matchups, he's a guy I like to keep an eye on and see kind of where the numbers are at and kind of throw him in there on a, over a half a point. And this is the team scoring, right? We talk about gambling. We'll just jump right into the, the gambling segment on that. This is a team that puts up goals. Uh, what is it this year? I think they've got, in 10 games, they've got 10, 5, 7, 5, 10, 7, 7, 7, 7, 8. So this is a team just putting goals in the net. They're just putting the puck in the net. So definitely a team you want to look over on the over if you're taking the you know goals. Definitely look high on there, but also a team you can jump on those uh, goal props uh, as these guys are putting the, the puck in the net. Yeah, that's a lot of goals scored and a lot of goals being given up. Uh, so there, it's a to be four and six and score that many goals. Yes, exactly. It's in, it's insane. Uh, I mean, they're giving up just as many as they're they're scoring. Uh, it's it calls for good television when you're watching Ottawa play. I love this team. I love watching watching Senators games. I really, really do because you just get a little bit of everything. Uh, you get the scoring, you get plenty of fights. They're very chippy. Um, everybody hates them. You know, a guy like Kachuk uh, gets underneath everyone's skin, and he'll smile and he loves it, and we love him for it. He's great. Uh, so I mean, geez, uh, there's only I, what I would do to give Brady Kachuk on the Blackhawks. I mean, what would I do? You know, but he's not going anywhere. He's there. They got about eight players they're committed to long-term on this roster. And most of them are actually pretty good. Um, JT, I, I think that right now, honestly, Ottawa was just like a lot of teams though, but especially Ottawa, they're one good goaltender away from being really good. Uh, the, the core is there, but it, it's just, they need a goaltender. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying with the bad goaltending play. This is why I'm just almost always on the over goals. In the Ottawa games, they're just you've seen it. They're just shootouts. Every game's a shootout. I've been jumping on the over goals whenever I can. Uh, they're a good live bet. They're a team that if you know if they don't get off to a hot start early, you know, jump on those over goals on the live bet because you know they're going to put the puck in the net at some point. So you see them, you know, maybe get down two nothing early in a game and they don't score maybe the first uh, first period. Jump on that live over goals because they're a team that's going to put you know put the puck in there and then I you know like we said Stuzley, uh, Kachuk those type of guys taking the over points on them is always uh, something you can take a, keep an eye on uh, when you're looking for a gambling perspective. And um, I got and JT one thing I, yep. I got good I got good news. Well, they just went into Toronto and pumped them. Uh, they won six three tonight. Ottawa did. And I'll read the line here real quick for everybody. For that second line I was talking about with Stutzle and Drew and Joseph. Stutzle, a goal and a three assists. Matthew Joseph, three assists. Drew, two goals and an assist. Man, they just laid it on them thick. Uh, Corpusala actually had a good game here. Uh, 900 save percentage, 27 out of 30 on the, on the thing. And again, nine total goal scores. So now we're at 10, 7, 7, 7, 8, 9. I mean, hello, overs. Yep, yep. And this game was a uh it was an over under seven. As you see, they got six by themselves, three by Toronto. So like I said, this is a team, you know, just they're pumping out goals or playing exciting hockey. Yeah, that's one thing you can you could definitely say about them. Uh they're gonna put points on the board and it's gonna be exciting. All right, we're coming in the 45-minute mark of the show. We're gonna jump into our last five on three on the two-man advantage segment. This is another team we're going to talk about. A surprise team. They are much, much better than I thought they would be this year. The Los Angeles Kings. Um, they, they were in the rebuild 
are they officially out of the rebuild? Seven, two, and two start. They're six, oh, and oh on the road. I actually went against the odds on a bet tonight. I actually took Vegas tonight at home against them. So we'll see if Vegas can give them their first road loss. If not, I'm going to be watching that game closely uh, with maybe some possible live bets. But six, oh, and oh on the road so far. Uh, NHL, they're right now, their uh, goals per game. Uh, score 4.27 top 10 NHL and goals games per, against uh, this team just seems like they're solid all around. I wasn't expecting this out of them, but we might have ourselves a, a, another uh, a team there on the West coast that we might need to be watching here on the late night games. If you were a Kings fan over the past three or four years, all you've watched them do is accumulate draft picks. And you know, really the, the product on the ice has been, eh, you know, whatever. It hasn't been that great. Um, I like what they did. They admitted they're rebuilding. That's exactly what they did do. They went out and again, just had so many draft picks, man. They they had the top-ranked farm system, if you will, for three out of the last four years. I mean, they've always had a great farm system. And it's got like Byfield, Quentin Byfield. They took three years ago in a draft. I think it may have been a 2019 entry draft um, or maybe in the 2020 entry draft. But he's just now actually getting his feet underneath him in the NHL starting to actually mm-hmm. make, um, you know, a real big difference here. And he's getting some really, really good deployment. But what I like about the Kings JT, they got a good mixture of veterans. You got like drew Dowdy and you, but you actually, uh, um, but you also actually have, uh, and Anze Kopitar as well. I mean, so you got guys like that, but then you got young guys around them to go ahead and actually supplement like Byfield, and you got, Trevor Moore, you got Fiala, you got Victor Arvidsson, actually, when he's healthy as well, and Adrian Kempe. So they got that great, great mix, man. I really, really like what they're doing. Yeah, fantasy-wise perspective, you know, their team, yeah, you haven't really been to count on anybody lately. You know, Kovacar the last couple of years was about the only guy, you know, you were looking at him, maybe one or two other guys that you could pop in your lineup that were going to give you a little bit of uh, burst and some numbers. Uh, so far this year, you know, they've been looking pretty solid. And I tell you what, for how bad some of the goaltending in the NHL is, their goaltending with two guys that they're pretty cheap that have done a pretty nice job uh, so far to start out this year with Copley and Talbot. Yeah, Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot. What? You know, and they're they're doing great. And like you said, cheap, JT, combined 2.5 million AAV between the two of them. Um, that is a, any franchise's dream to be having goaltending like this at that cheap. When you can do that, that's like having the quarterback that you haven't paid yet and got, they're still in that rookie deal Mm -hmm, and kind of like, you know, kind of like, uh, um, you know, basically Seattle ended up doing Wilson back in the day, you know, did they win a couple championships? I know they actually won one, but nevertheless, that's no different. Like if you actually have that flexibility with your roster, because you don't have to pay your goaltenders and you're getting all of that, that's a sign of a championship team. Uh, and this team, they're definitely on the right path from a fantasy perspective. I will say this, this is a sneaky team. Uh, and when I say sneaky, none of these players are quote unquote sexy. You know, when you well, think about it, Trevor Moore, Fiala, you know, Adrian Kempe, Byfield, Anze Kopitar, everybody thinks too old, you know, Dowdy, too old, whatever. They still produce. They're not the sexy picks, so they fly under the radar a little bit. They fall in drafts. They actually hit the waiver wires every once in a while. They can actually be had in a trade, uh, and you can fleece other managers because, again, they just don't have that sexy style of hockey. But, man, they really, really do produce. Uh, um, Moore is a guy where I think everybody should look at. He shoots a puck a ton. He's only 4% owned in a lot of leagues. So uh, um, don't don't uh, count out uh, L.A. And don't think just because they have a team team, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, approach here that they don't have some guys that can play like they're top heavy because they do. And it depends on kind of what league you're in. But like all the leagues we play in, we play in with very few West Coast hockey fans if they don't live in Canada. 
So, you know, those are the guys that people are willing to trade. People are willing to trade, you know, Kings players, Sharks players, you know, West Coast guys, because we're just in a lot of leagues where we don't have anybody that's a big fan of them. So no one really has an attachment to those guys. So those guys can be had in trades. So it it obviously depends on where you are in the makeup of your league. But those are guys that, like, no one's going to hold on to too hard if you try to make a trade for. So those are definitely good guys to, uh, you know, to kind of target if you're looking to make a move. And again, early in the season, the Kings still don't have that. If you ask most people in your league what the Kings record are, most people are going to assume they're like under 500 because most people are probably not paying that close attention to the West Coast LA Kings. They're just not. You know, the big story is Edmonton on the West coast. is not playing the way they are. No one's talking about how good the Kings are playing. They're just talking about how bad Edmonton's been. And so that's where you can kind of get, you know, them or how bad San Jose is. So they're kind of flying under the radar there. Like I said, those are some guys you can get now to go on top of that. You look at the gambling perspective, you know, you've been able to get them at a really good value uh, this year, because again, there hasn't been a lot of adjustment to the fact that they're pretty good. You know, they've not been good the last couple of years. They're a team that you typically have been on the losing side. And so you've been able to go ahead and get a, a you know, not a very good money line against them. But now on the other side, you're getting some nice plus money on road games at home. They're, you know, you're getting them at maybe minus 110 at home as opposed to like some of these teams where you're getting like Toronto, no matter who they're playing is 190 at home, minus 200 at home. You're getting decent odds on LA. And like you said, very rarely you're going to team like LA going to be favored on the road. Even if they're six Oh and Oh, like they are, you're still not going to see that, uh, you know, reflected in the gambling odds. And so that's something you definitely want to take advantage as I was just going to pull up toast to say what they were tonight. You know, currently tonight right now, Golden Knights, who obviously, Best team in the league, defending champs, 11, 1 and 1. They're minus 125. So you get the Kings 7, 2 and 2. I mean, minus 125 has been one of the lower numbers. So they're coming around a little bit as that the Kings are on the plus side tonight. Um, but again, you can get some decent odds with those. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned the money line, JT. Uh, they got four games at home between the 9th and 18th of November. They have a little bit of a homestand there. They play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's not that good. Uh, Philadelphia is not that good. They play Florida, and then they actually end with St. Louis. They're not that good as, as well. So there's a four-game stretch there at home where, like JT said, they may not actually be the sexy money line pick at home like other teams are, like the minus 190, but honestly, they should be. You're probably going to find them more like minus 120, minus 125, 130. So between the 9th of November and the 18th of November, there's your window there to go ahead and and jump on the money line there for the Kings. Um, I think that uh, there's there's money to be made there for sure. Yeah, if they go 4-0 or 3-1 and in that stretch and they get up in the double digits, you're going to start seeing those numbers jump big time. So you got to jump on now while you can and before you start seeing that those numbers be, you know, a huge negative for a home win as opposed to a minus 115 or a minus 120. So, yeah, now, like you said, now's the time to jump on there for the Kings on this stretch. Yeah, and if it ends up being where, let's say you get Philly on that second game of the homestand, and let's say Philly played in, playing in the back-to-back, and they can't play hard at goalie, and they have to play Urson at goalie, and they actually don't have the legs or anything because they played the night before, uh, and they're actually out west because of that long travel or whatnot, that's the time to go ahead and get on the puck line. You know, so yeah. uh, they just got, they got an advantage out there. I'm surprised you don't have a ton of Kings players, JT, on how you actually like to get all those West Coast guys because you like staying up so late. I usually I usually am all over the West Coast guys. I mean, you see my lineup, and people are like, they're like, I thought I was winning, and then I went to bed, and you smoked me. I'm like, all my guys play late night. I like I usually get all the West Coast guys. Yeah, the, uh, I tell you what, I've had a decent amount of uh, Kobatar and Campy the last couple of years. Those are guys I've had a lot of. Uh, the last few years just didn't get as many guys this year as I, uh, as I would have liked, especially now that they're, they're playing pretty well. Um, five minutes mark of the show time to get into the final face off toast. Let's talk a little bit about fantasy or home league, some teams. I know you've got some uh, teams. You're not super pumped with how they've got off to uh, the start. They've got off to, I know there's other uh, listeners out there. Same way. You've got some teams you're frustrated with. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about it here. You know, you might be looking at your roster at this point in the season going, why is my, why is my record terrible? Why am I one in three? And I love my team. 
at this point, you just might not have guys showing up. You just might not have enough guys putting together a good start to the season. I always talk about in fantasy hockey, I feel like it's the sport you have to really play the ebbs and flows more than any other fantasy sport because you really do see those lulls and then those hot streaks from players and teams. Uh, and so you don't want to get too crazy too early and make a ton of moves. We talked about last week how you made a, a trade and you already got, <laughs> got rid of McDavid and people were just lashing out at you about it. Uh, I know you've got some teams you're frustrated with, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about like when's the time should people shouldn't be bailing yet, right? We're only four games in. You, you got to kind of don't worry about making moves, but you don't want to just totally start bailing and making crazy trades at this point. Yeah, not yet. And uh, like our home league, we have 19 weeks in the regular season. And if you can go 500, you're going to make the playoffs. Uh, So now I'm used to doing pretty well in the league, uh, but I'm also proud of the fact that we've got a lot of managers in that league to where um, we, you know, there's a lot of parity in the league now. You know, it, it's getting pretty tough, and I really, really like that a lot, but I'm pretty frustrated in the home league. I got, like, Matty Berniers. He finally gets off the Schneider last night to actually start doing well, but he's been unbelievably slow right now. I'm just looking at my phone right now. Uh, no goals, six assists to 13 games, only 23 shots on goal. Um, Nick Ehlers, um, he was a late pick for me, but nevertheless, he's only scored 23 uh, fantasy points. He's, he's frustrated everyone. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, all right, not bad stats, 12 points in 12 games, right? Uh, four goals, eight assists, but you expect more. You expect more out of him. Um, he should be a guy that's just absolutely lightened up, should be top five in the league in points. He's not doing it. Um, Devin Taves for Colorado is frustrating the hell out of me. You can tell I'm frustrated because I'm just going off here. Um, and even Elias Lindholm, man, what's going on? The calorie has a dumpster fire right now. And uh, Lindholm, not good. Uh, so, And then I have just a bunch of guys that are actually performing but the schedule is actually played against you. So as JT was saying, you just got to be patient. Um, it is super frustrating. You know, I don't like being two and two right now. Actually, maybe on the cusp of going two and three. Now it's too late tonight. Actually helped me out a great deal by putting up a crap ton of points. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of pounce on this guy and and, and get even with, uh, even, even with him going into the heavy slate tomorrow. But you just got to be a little patient. But man, um, I've been a little frustrated with my team so far. But here's the deal. Um, it's hockey. Uh, we got Frozen Frenzy coming again here soon. Um, you're going to have a full slate tomorrow, full slate on Saturday. What's there to complain about? Well, the thing is, I always think about, at least especially toasting our home leagues, our home leagues are always battles. It doesn't matter if it's football. It doesn't matter if it's hockey. It doesn't matter if it's basketball, baseball. Every home league we in, we are in, it is just down to the wire every year for the last three or four playoff spots. Very rarely does anyone run away with it. And if it does, someone has a really good year. It's one team. And then everybody else is right there in the mix. And you look like that in our home league right now, we got one, four, no one, three, and one. And then we've got eight, uh, no, seven, two, and twos, and then a one and three and over. So we're like, we're right there. I mean, a lot of guys, you're not happy. You're two and two. I started off two and oh, love the start. I've slipped the last couple of weeks. I'm down to two and two in the league. I'm just ahead of you in points, but where a lot of us are right there in the mix, you know, uh, 30, 40 points away from difference maker in that one. So again, it's like you, you get frustrated and you got to let that frustration out, but you got, don't make any crazy moves too early, uh, in a lot of these leagues. Cause you got a lot of season ahead of you a lot of injuries can happen a lot of other things so just you just got to stick with it and like i always tell people just got to make the playoffs right yeah. i mean how how often we've seen you just got to get the playoffs perfect example me and you I, we were rolling going to the playoffs last year me and you thought we're playing each other in the championship it's gonna happen and we both got upset in the playoffs it, it just it happens so it's anything can happen when you get to the playoffs so just stay the course you know, keep fighting through long season ahead. So I, I think that's going to do it for us. Oh yeah, go yeah. ahead and toast. No, no, I was going to say, I was just saying, I was just joking with a guy today saying, Hey, I usually start off hot during the regular season. And the last three, four years, I've actually fizzled during the playoffs. Maybe this is a good thing, right? We'll go ahead and get it out yeah, of the system yeah, now. Switching around. Yeah. You got to switch out just a bit. Yep. So that is going to do it for us here on the stew with JT brew, the NHL around the ice episode with JT and toast. Thanks for checking us out. Take check out toast on 
uh, X at Toast Clark, me at JT Orange. If you're a gambler, make sure you jump on there every day. Uh, Toast takes, we retweet them out, send them out for you. Uh, just kind of our favorite bets, some things we're doing for you. Feel free to hit us up on there with any kind of questions. Uh, please, if you can, like, subscribe, leave us a comment on the video. It always helps out. Thanks for joining us. Check you next time. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery.